Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 93 of the It's All Fine and Dangy podcast. We want to thank you for joining us this week. We have a really cool guest that we're yes. bringing on the show this week. This Many of you in Central Florida are probably familiar with the bike trails around here. Angie and I love to go out on the bike trails. There's something yes. called, I, I know I'm going to mess up this word, but there's something <laughs> called the Rails to Trails Conservancy. And I, after we bring Ken on, he'll have to tell me if I got that right. But we are meeting with Ken Bryan, who's the Florida State Director of the Rails to Trails Conservancy. <laughs> I've and never we're gonna, even heard this. Part. I haven't either. He's going to tell me what that means. have a large vocabulary. <laughs> but uh, so Ken's going to join us and talk to us all about the uh, rails to trails, the bike paths, and whatever else we get so into. So cool. So stand by. I'm going to bring Ken into the show. Hi, Ken. How are you? Fine. How are you doing? Good. Did you hear the intro there? I'm not sure if you can hear us when you're you said it right. Then I said it right. So what does that mean? So basically, our mission is to create a, you know, in this case in Florida, a statewide, you know, interconnected system of trails so folks yep. can, you know, get outside and, and get from where they want to go to uh, to where they're going. We safely. love that about it. Is that what conserve, what is conservancy means to conserve, I guess, probably? Yeah, 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 sure. You've probably heard of the Nature Conservancy. We're the Rails and Trails Conservancy. And so, um, yeah, and we've been in existence for 35 years. We're based out of Washington, D.C. We have five field offices and I run the Florida field office. I've been lucky enough to be with the conservancy now for 29 years. It's been my oh, wow. job for 29 years. I still trying to explain to my mother what I, what I do each day. And um, I think the, the thing that makes it exciting is every day at work is different. Every year it's different. Oh, it's, yeah. uh, it's different building trails today than it was 30 years ago. So. Oh, I bet. So you were really in this, it, it's infancy almost, or, you know, pretty soon after it started. Yeah, I was 17 when I started the job. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Really. No, no, I wasn't. Oh. I wasn't. <laughs> You're making me going to try to do math here. <laughs> uh, that's not too unbelievable, though. I mean, you could have been. Um, that so, seems like it might have been a dream job if, you know, yeah. when you're a kid and you're like, oh, I get to just help build trails all over the place. That's kind of a cool job. Yeah, no kidding. So it started in Washington. And so... Ooh, trying to itch myself over the um, microphone. Yeah. That wasn't good. Um, so you said it started in Washington, D.C., and it started, I mean, the idea is that they have taken the old um, railways and converted them into bike trails. Is that what they did in Washington as well, or was it a little different how it started? Well, so uh, when our railroad system was at its peak, we had over 300,000 miles of railroad our country. We're down yeah. to about 140,000 miles, so we've at about 160,000 miles or so out there that's been abandoned. And so a yeah. gentleman named uh, David Burwell got together with a gentleman named Peter Harnick, and they had this idea of you know, how, to, how to preserve these resources because once, um, once they uh, are sold off and they're divided up, they're almost impossible to put back together again. Yeah. It's kind of like Humpty Dumpty. Once they, once they fall off the wall, they're tough to reassemble. And so it's how can we, you know, it started off, how can we preserve these for, for trails, and then it's turned more into how can we connect them all together into into making uh, usable systems. So, yeah, because you guys have already. I mean, there's so many of them that have been converted already. Is the ultimate goal to have trails coast to coast and and from east to west, north to south, and uh, America here? Or yeah, absolutely. What, yeah, that is the goal. So, 
So yeah, so one one uh, effort that we're working on organizationally, uh, and, and I'm involved in this one as well, is the Great American Rail Trail. And so that's a, a trail 3,700 plus miles long that goes from uh, the state of Washington to Washington, D.C. So it's, you know, it's really connecting. So it's about 52, 52%, 52, 53% completed. Yep. And it's weaving together all these, you know, trails and it tells all these stories. Each of these trails you know, it sounds so easy to build a trail, but it's, you know, ends up being like any other public infrastructure. It's, mm-hmm. it's difficult. It takes time. And so um, what I think really makes that a powerful uh, concept is being able to tell all those stories along the way and combine that with the railroad history as well. I think, you know, creates a very compelling uh, story and it, uh, and it, and it's being very well received here in Florida, here yeah. in your area, yeah. particularly there is the coast to coast trail which will go right through Orlando. And so you'll be able to just jump on your bike and go over to St. Pete one way or go over to Titusville uh, the other way, if I'm leaning the right way for you yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you can go 275 miles, you know, being separated, mostly separated from the automobile. Oh, wow. That is really cool. And I guess that's kind of what I meant. So that's coast to coast here in Florida. But, you know, I jumped on your website and started looking at the current initiatives and some of the trails you guys already have. And it, it almost looks like at some point, you know, you could technically get on the trail and go anywhere in the country once they all sort of connect up like that. Sure. You know, you could get on the East Coast Greenway, which goes from Maine to Key West, you know, take that up to D.C., then jump over on the Great American Rail Trail and, you know, pop over to Washington State. Great American Rail Trail, like the name of that. What a fun (laughs) thing that would be to do. You know how, like, when kids get out of high school and they have that year of backpacking across the country before college? How cool would it be to do that on bikes on the trails instead? Yeah, that would be really cool. I think so, too. Put your your little tent on the back and just stay at local campgrounds and stuff. That would be really neat. I like how you said that um, it, it tells a story. There's a history behind. Especially that trail. Yeah. Yeah. The history behind, do you guys have like, are you trying, have you tried to incorporate that like through plaques or, um, I know that you guys do have that on the little stations where you get water. Like the rest areas. Yeah. There's information up about the trails, but do you guys, I can't remember if it goes into some of the history of the actual railway. Well, we, uh, we have, so we have a, a, a website called traillink.com. And so when you are, you know, on Google Maps and you're, you're out to get bicycle directions, our, um, our databases power those algorithms. So um, the, the algorithms favor getting you off of a roadway onto a trail. And so um, you know, one thing, you know, so the, that 35,000 plus miles of trail that we have mapped helped to power those Google Map directions. So when you're trying to, to get about your community, you know, hopefully you'll you'll have an opportunity to get on a trail. And so, you know, that, but that really starts to, to, to show you to the real power and the value of being able to have all that data and make it easily accessible to people. It's great to have trails, but the, you know, you got to know where they are and you got to yes. know where to, to get on them and how to use them safely and, and all of those things to really get the, the full use of them. So it's funny you say that because in an effort to do a little bit of educating ourselves without ruining our interview prior to the interview a day or so ago, I saw the trail link thing. I've installed it now. We've never used that. Like we bike, no. we bike here from where we live in Apopka through like the Altamont Springs area down to Sanford South or Seminole. to Lake Mary, mm-hmm. South Seminole. But then sometimes we'll get in the car and we'll go to Winter West, Garden, yeah, West the West Orange Trail and, uh, and bike that one too. But we've never known exactly where the bike paths are or anything. Okay. So we'll definitely put a link in the show notes for that. But we're excited to use the app now. 
uh, when we're traveling or when we're out of state yeah. or in different parts of the state to know where we can go to the trails. So I was going to ask you about that. So you've partnered up with that or that's you guys uh, working with Google and that's your app to determine where to show people where the trails are? Yeah, the, uh, the the Trailink mobile app like, for a smartphone, like, as I assume what you're talking about, as well as yep. the Trailink.com website. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a, um, a partnership that we have with Google. In fact, if you um, we were just featured uh, as a Google partner. If you if you Google, Google Rails the Trails, uh, mm. Google Maps, you can you can uh, see our uh, our, CIA, our, our um, chief uh, technology officer uh, telling about that partnership with Google. Oh, and, very and, cool. And, and there are no actors in that video. All those are some our Washington DC staffers. So you oh, very get a sense neat. of who we are. So. Well, congratulations on that. That's, that must be pretty awesome. I mean, that's a, uh, yeah, that's a, that, that's a very important partnership for us. Yeah. It drives, uh, we, we, I think last year we ended up with about 11 million unique users at trailing.com, you know, and a lot of that wow. traffic is generated through our partnership with Google. They're a very, very uh, important Part yeah. For us, yes. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, sorry, I did mean the app. I guess I'm just thinking normally when you're looking for the trail, mm -hmm. you're probably out there. But yeah, you could be looking before you leave the house yeah. and look on your computer. Um, so well, we have the app too. The app, the app will actually yeah. give you the, the driving directions and yeah, all yeah. that sort of things and nearby. If you want to go, hey, yeah. let's share the trail. It'll take you over there. Absolutely. That's the one I just installed. So we're excited okay. to use that. Um, okay. Angie and I are also big fans of Winter Garden. And we were <laughs> yeah. walking around the the town last weekend and we almost never walk the bike path, which is cool. I see a lot of people do that, but we ride our bikes on it. Yeah. We walked down the bike path a bit and I looked over and I noticed what I think this might be really silly if I'm wrong, but I thought what I, I noticed what I thought was it almost looks like a piece of the old railroad track going under the trees and stuff. Do you guys leave pieces of the railroad there in some it's cases? Done, yeah, it's done pretty often just to kind Ooh. of recognize that sometimes uh, uh, the, the rail crossings are left uh, or moved yeah. onto the trail and you know just yeah. that sort of Thing said, a lot of the mileposts, uh, the original railroad mileposts, are, oh, cool. are usually still in place. Some of the smaller trestles are still being used. Yeah, but that's cool because you're leaving that history behind. Yeah. you know, so that's really cool. A lot of people probably don't. Know that. Yeah, they would have I've, never I've been down that. that trail so many times. I've never noticed that before. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's really cool that some of that's kind of left like the history place. and it, what was neat is the, the oak trees out there in winter. They're not huge, but you know, they're, they're maybe they're nice. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, on, but the tracks literally went underneath them. So it gives you an idea of how long the trees have been there, how long ago the railroad tracks yeah. were there. And we did see a little section of like, uh, like the crossing, just a little piece of it almost that was left. And it was neat. It gives you a sense of history. So I have a question on like some of your more challenging, um, some of the, well, what we consider in Florida challenging rides, um, like going towards Altamont area, the West Orange Trail, yep. I think it is. Um, you know, you, you have some hills and stuff. Did the railroad run that direction or I always think the railways. No, it would, I would flat. think it's like a Castleberry is the same way where it starts getting really, uh, is it Castleberry after winter garden where we Claremont. get in Claremont. I don't know yeah. why I say Castleberry Claremont, but because the grade is a certain, that's what I always liked about the trails. And I've had friends come here from yeah. out of state or even from Canada and say they love the trails here because the, they're not, you know, there's not an extreme hill you have to, for the most part, because trains would never be able to do that. But in those cases, like Angie's asking, is that like an extra piece of the trail that was built? It didn't used to be a railroad track. Well, you, you are correct. And, you know, railroads traditionally had less than 5% grade. So they, yep. they were um, easier for the trains to get up and not gain a whole lot of speed going right. down as well. Um, 
well, and that's, that's one of the point. things that make them great facilities for people of all different abilities is that they're they tend not to have the grades but there are there were several uh reroutes for the west orange trail to to make it all work the way they needed to work and and you may be picking up uh, some of those areas of course you know when you get out in coe and you get uh sugar hill and some of the uh hospital hill sugar hill some of the other hills out there that some of the road riders love out there there's some great yeah. elevation yeah. out there or the um where the tri, tri triathlete uh, headquarters is at some uh, some good road riding in, in that area yeah, for yeah and but I you're right Tr traditionally rail trails are are, are are easy and they're in there for everyone because of the more yeah. yeah and i like how you said they're more accessible to people because you could be out in like a wheelchair or whatever and do mm -hmm. the the bulk of the trails just fine because they're not they're not too they're steep not crazy and those sections i guess i almost think of them now from your answer as little connector paths between where the railroad tracks were and where they weren't and then where they were again um out in Mount Verde, in the area further further down in Mount Verde, it's, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever been out there, but it really starts getting to be. I bet he's been everywhere. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> but that is like when you say my job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was really wearing us out. It was fun, but it was yeah. lots of big hills. It is challenging. Yeah. Well, you know that one uh, reroute around the, around the golf course where, you know, there's all those turns. Obviously, a railroad couldn't make yeah. turns yeah. like that, but uh, that's a reroute around the. You, you mentioned Winter Garden, and I, I just want to, before that gets too far away, is that, you know, I think that's a, a great example of the economic uh, development opportunities that come with trails. Yeah. You know, Winter, Winter Garden, you know, 25 years ago wasn't quite the place that it is now. And, yeah. you know, you look at all the restaurants and, the you know, the mom and pop shops and, you know, it's just a fun place to go and people really watch it and to be and you know, and, and the trail is, is a big part of that. Uh, well, you know, it's the, the community working hard to make it like that, but the trail was uh, incorporated into into that vision and it really helped keep it vibrant. I think so too. The trail is really at the epicenter of uh, Winter Garden and it's like a part, it, it yeah. adds to the charm of the town to me. I mean, they've also got a couple of businesses there that are very specific to the trail yeah. with like the wheel works place for the bikes. Um, oh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, on our anniversary, we go to Winter Garden. One of the reasons we go is a specific restaurant, but another reason is the trail. That's one of our planned days is you can stay in a hotel right there and, you know, put, they'll let you put your bike in the edge water and then you can take it right out and get right on the trail. And yeah. So I love how they do that. Put it right down the center. I'd love to see more of that, actually. So do you The brew, brew pups help, too. The, what's that? What is it? The brew pubs along the oh, way. Of course. Oh, yes. oh, of course. Oh, yes. Like, what's the one down there? The, um, why, why can I never remember the name? There? The one in the Crooked Can. Oh, the Crooked, the crooked Can. can oh, down yeah, yeah. there in Winter Garden. So, do you find that, um, so when you put the trails in, are you putting them through areas you feel like it's already built up economically or does that bring in oh, more that's businesses? That's a great question. Because it does bring in specific businesses like the bike stores and do, things like that. Do we have a, are you buzzing? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's my mother calling me. I, I can't oh, believe no it. Problem. Do you need to, Do take, you need it? to take it? No, no, no. I'm, I'm fine. Oh, okay. 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 Not a problem at all. We were like looking. <laughs> I, I, I hear it. And sometimes like, I, I have something sitting around. I have so much technology in here. Sorry. Um, well, no, I, that's what I get for mentioning my, my mom when I, when I said I, I'm still trying to explain to my mother what I do. <laughs> Made my so mother call me. We're not live, so she's not calling you mad at you for saying that. So, <laughs> <laughs> why? Well, I, I don't know. Okay, okay. Well, she might have figured out a way. Yeah, <laughs> she, she knows. She always knows. Damn it. Oh goodness. So, what was your question, Angie? So, um, I was just wondering, like, are the trails bit built after an an area is already built up, or? 
Does it come first? And then you see more economic growth afterwards or, you know, is it kind of a combination? That's a good question. Well, you know, I think I think over the years it's become much more calculated and uh-huh. it's much been more strategic investment by communities. Um, but, you know, in the old days, it was more the build it and they will come approach okay. and they did come, you know, yeah. and, and, and now now we can quantify that. It's no it's no longer, you know, anecdotal. It's quantifiable. And, and uh, you know, their trails are front and center in you know, and what um, regional planning councils do and what, um, you know, chambers of commerces do. So, yeah, it's very, very much into the, their their thoughts and how to bring in and how to maintain and, and, and keep jobs. You know, a lot of corporations yeah. are, you know, they're wanting these sorts of things to, to uh, attract and, and keep talent. So oh, are, I, are being part of that as well. Yeah, I like that. And um Oh my gosh. See, this is why I've got to write stuff down. Cause you got excited to ask him something. I want to yeah, ask him something. Really Kenny, you may not know this, but it just makes me wonder. You may has biking itself just become more popular since all of this mm-hmm. started. So, yeah. And so uh, uh, if you want to, so the whole COVID thing, we do have a page dedicated on our website, just simply rails, the trails.org backslash COVID. And, um, and so we're, we're, we're collecting all the stories that we hear out there because we think that that's going to be important moving forward. We also keep all of uh, the counts that we have access to. We update those weekly and you can see the trends of increased trail use um, uh, and it's maintained, right? It, uh, ever since COVID, it, it, it kind of shot way up and then it kind of, we noticed, but it's, but it's always been you know up. And, and uh, if you look at, I was just looking at them just a handful of minutes ago. And I think at the beginning of December, uh, they were still up 36% or so, or 26%. Oh. And so the, the numbers are up, you know, um, up. Yeah. when you're cooped up in the house, you got to get the kids out and burn off some energy and, and oh, these yeah. are safe, safe places you can, you can get out there and do that. So yeah. how do you, how do you get those numbers though? So how do you figure out how many people are actually hitting the trail? We count them, you know, right? We have counters you installed. Do? Oh, you do have counters. Uh, so, so we, oh. we have counters on, on many uh, many trails. We um, you've never seen uh, that guy. I'm just kidding. We also uh, the Florida DOT is also um, has just now about a year ago started a real um, robust counting program where you can go online and and follow the counts uh, statewide. Oh. And so there's a lot of good data. I mean, just like you can do that for the automobiles, okay. you, can, you can start to do that now for trails. And, you know, again, it's, it's being able to demonstrate to, you know, local and state elected officials, here are the use, here are, you know, here are the trends uh, and, and being able to, to justify, you know, the economic uh, impacts and some of the health impacts and the course, reduced yeah. carbon emission impacts and that sort of thing. Uh, that, that make it a, a smart investment to build trails. So you're bringing, so this, this helps make your job easier because you're bringing real facts, real stats to different areas and saying, Hey, he, here's why you should have this in your town. Yeah, You, city, can't, you can't deny it with the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk. Well, I tell about you that. the, the, the East, central regional planning council there in your area did an economic impact study of the West orange trail a couple of years ago. And it was, you know, amazing. The, the oh, results cool. I've, I don't want to quote the numbers because I don't want to misquote them, but it's tens of millions of dollars of quantifiable impact. And, and, wow. and they even were able to say how many jobs it created there locally as well. That is amazing. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I, I, I would look say that up. That's yeah, I would cool. Too. I would say, honestly, even like if you we live in a house here in Apopka right near Bear Lake where we can just get on our bikes and ride to the trail. If you have the trail right next to your house or within oh, biking, amazing. that is a selling feature to me for sure. For a lot of people, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. 
I'm sure a lot of people look for that when they go to buy a home yeah. too. Like if they, you know, especially if they could travel to work on the train. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm sure but... that's something you guys are trying to kind of push for as well, right? Um, yeah. So our, our research director has done quite a bit of research uh, as it relates to that. But yeah, the real estate agents have have figured that out as well, and you'll see that many in many of, of the of the ads. The yeah, also, you got to figure if, if the city is invested in the trail in that area, if it's behind your house, they're not going to build something else there. So you don't have to worry about a, you know, a convenience store or something else popping up right behind yeah. your house. Oh, I thought of my question. Okay. So I wanted to talk about, um, so when you go, when you guys are, um, I, you're, you're bringing the idea of a trail into an area, is it at a state level? Is it at the city level? Like, how does that work? Is it the, the city that you go to and say, hey, do you want the this coming through your town? How does it kind of start? All the above. And I'll, so I'll use, I, I'll use an example of the West Orange Trail since we, we've been talking about that. Okay. Um, at the time, uh, there was a, a lady, a, a chairwoman named Linda Chapin. I don't, I don't know if you know, remember Linda. Linda is still very active in the community. Sure. Yeah. And so she, you know, in my, my opinion, she really is the, you know, the one who started the, the trail movement there in central Florida. And so one of the things that she said to her staff, she said, you know, I want this West Orange trail, you know, acquired, built and complete before I leave office. And she really put a, a wow. an ambitious timeline in front of her parks and recreation department and, and they, and they made it. And, um, and then, of course, the, the West Orange Trail then became that example that we needed to show other, you know, other folks. Well, early on, before the West Orange Trail, we would pack people in vans and take them over to the Pinellas Trail in Pinellas County. And this is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. Here are some people in the community you can talk with. And then once the West Orange Trail was built, that then became, you know, the, the, the trail where we would take the elected officials from Volusia County over to West Orange yeah. Trail. We would bring them over there. And so... Um, Trails have many different faces. Uh, in, 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 in the case of the West Orange Trail, it was the, the leadership of the county together with the state of Florida. The state of Florida helped underwrite that acquisition um, through the Florida Greenways and Trails program, which was uh, which has been funded from Preservation 2000 and the Florida Forever programs, which you've probably have heard about. And so that was one of the acquisitions where um, the county would purchase it and then the state would reimburse them for their for their purchase. And so it was okay. a, a really good partnership between the state and local government there. OK, yeah, that's no interesting. Kidding. to Yeah, I'm, I'm always curious, like kind of how those pieces go together, because yeah. is there fundraising involved? Is it um, grants? Is it, you know, money that's already available at a state or county level yeah. to help kind of build this project? I think I it's like a. It's like a three-legged stool of, you know, it's a combination yeah. of federal, state, and local investment. So the, the, the largest trail building funding source is, uh, is, is a transportation source. It's uh, part of the highway authorization. It's called the Transportation Alternatives Program. And uh, each state uh, gets us, it's, it's based on population. Florida's um, annual share is just under 50 million. It's 49 million and, and change. And uh, so that's split between half of that goes to the uh, metropolitan areas, half go to the rural areas, and uh, it funds uh, items like, you know, sidewalks, uh, bike lanes, trails, that sort of thing. It's called the Transportation Alternatives Program. Federal dollars that's funneled through the state DOT, uh, and, and there in your area it would go through your transportation planning organization. That would be the, the entity that actually authorizes and manages those funds. 
uh, in partnership with the Florida Department of Transportation. So that's one source. Uh, another source uh, is a state. Um, it's through uh, new vehicle registration. So the concept is as Florida gets more cars, part of that, the, the registration fee for that car, it builds safe places to, to walk and bike or trails. And so the Sunshell program is a 25 million annual program that helped created by former state Senator Gardner, Andy Gardner, who's also from your area. And, uh, and that's funneled through the state, state DOT. Uh, they have two priority projects, which means they are funded to completion and the Coast to Coast Connector is one of those um, regional priority projects. So the Coast to Coast will remain uh, funded by the, that dedicated funding source, SunTrail program until its completion. So you, 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 you know, you know that that will happen. It will come about. It's not just uh, some sort of, you know, pipe dream or. Sure. Yeah. Your funds are funds. They say they're going to use the oh, funds for that right. and you never see it, but yeah, that's right. great. So you, now you've got me thinking of another question here is maybe this is sort of private information. I work in the construction industry and engineering industry in the, in the, my day job. So I know sometimes these things are not available to the public, but is there a place where you can go and see the future expansion plans and phases that are planned for the trails? Yeah, there's a lot of different places to go. I don't know if I, if there's, you know, really that one-stop shop, right. uh, um, but in uh, your area, is that what it is? So um, one place to go is the, so the Department of Environmental Protections has an office of greenways and trails. Uh, we call them OGT. Oh, and yeah, so they, um, they're legislatively created. Uh, and so one of their um, duties and responsibility is to maintain the, um, the, the Florida land use trails as well mm -hmm. as the paddling trails. And so they, they, um, they, they track that map and, and uh, track progress towards completion of that system. Uh, I forget how many miles it's up to, but I believe it's uh, over, you know, probably somewhere in the 4,000 mile uh, area for that, that whole statewide network. And so that's one place you can go to look at that. Another is the uh, Florida DOT Sun Trail program website. They, uh, the, um, that that network is uh, is determined by that same um, system, so that the, the state has two um, complementing systems. Uh, the Sun Trail network is is a portion of the the Florida land use uh, um, trail map, and so uh, there's some consistency there. And you can also track progress towards um, towards the Sun Trail network from the Florida DOT. That, we'll have cool. to check that out because here, you know, here where we live, we've often wondered. Are they ever, what are they going to do with that? And then all of a sudden, like a couple of years ago, a big piece got added on that brought yeah. it all the way to us and we didn't know it was coming. So that would have been exciting to, it'd be neat yeah. to see where it's going to go, especially with the I-4 construction and how things are working around that. What's a paddling trail though? You happened to mention in your uh, response just a moment ago. Is that like a so, river? So real quick, so you would, if you wanted to look for those local connections, you would want to go to your five-year work program, your five-year five, five -year TIP for um, for your TPO or your DOT district. That that is um, that's where you would want to drill down okay. um, for that specific information. But regarding uh, paddling trails, so yeah, so uh, obviously Florida's got a lot of um, canoeing and kayaking opportunities. That's our other so, favorite thing to do. So. Yeah. Well, I, I also did my homework on you all, and uh, the one of the one of the uh, one of the podcasts that I got sucked into was when you guys paddled uh, Wakiva. So. Uh, yeah. uh -huh. So, uh, so, so, you know, I know you're, you're paddlers. Yeah. Uh, well, thank and, you for that. That uh, was fun. You should have seen it. We each had an iPhone plugged into a little microphone and we had to stay close enough till we could hear the other person stop talking, yeah. but ah, you, right, right, right. You know? <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. That was really cool. 
And so, but there is this also thing, the Florida circum, uh, uh, circumnavigational trail that goes all the way around the, the state of Florida. And yep. again, OGT is also a keeper of the, of the paddling trail maps as well. So, awesome. so, okay, they're a keeper of the, of the paddling trail maps, but they're not uh, maps. They're not expanding that. They're not like digging rivers for kayaking, yeah. right? <laughs> but there is des a designation, designated process. So, uh, you know, if you had a, a, you know, your favorite paddle, you could, you know, theoretically uh, add those to the, to the maps. Okay. Oh, I see what you're saying are for the maps. Are they maybe also for the maps, but is are they um, responsible for helping to keep those waterways clear, clean, things like that? So that create, I would think that would create more jobs as well. Well, I know yeah. they do the signage. I don't know about oh, okay. uh, debris removal and that, yeah. that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, I know Loomis does like Wekaiva after the storm. We tried to go down Wekaiva River after oh, the hurricane, which we, we may have actually <laughs> we may have actually mentioned on that episode you listened to, but after Irma. We're from here, and we were like, oh, we've done this a million yeah. times, and they warned Got us, it. you're never going to make it. You know, four Ooh. hours and two miles later, we were trying to make oh. it back before the sun went down. It was back very upstream close. upstream with flat bottom <laughs> kayaks. It was uh, a trip to remember. It, was, just it was pretty scary, yeah. Lots of water moccasins Lots because of, of the water being still. Lots of ecosystems being made. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It was, a, it was a crazy adventure. It really was, was. Extreme kayaking at its best. That's what we like. Nice. To. Yeah. Well, you'll remember you'll remember that trip you won't forget it oh, well, yes hey so i also um who, who's from michigan which which i, I am from michigan. You're from michigan okay. listen so, i moved here when i was 12 so i consider <laughs> myself a floridian <laughs> no 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 i i know i mean just from uh, so we 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 have a lot of uh ties with michigan it seems like organizationally oh, no. a lot of our staff come from michigan a lot of our oh, leadership wow. our, our past president oh, my, my boss our vp for policies from michigan and i used to do this um during my, I guess my first seven years on the job, we, um, we had a Michigan office and we used to do a ride called the Michigander and it would be across the state of Michigan. It would start in, oh, cool. in the different places. So I got the ride through, you know, so many different places and small communities yeah. all throughout Michigan. And I love how everybody uses their hand and, you know, where are you from? I'm from here. And then they do the, UP uh -huh. over oh, here. Shape. And, yeah, because it looks <laughs> like a glove. Yes. And people, people in Michigan know how to pack in the fun during the, the summer months, you know, yes, you, you know everybody's out there and you're, you're packing it in. We even call it going to the beach when you go to a lake up there. Oh, very it is nice. Literally called going to the beach. <laughs> like I am not lying. Yeah. It's funny because I guess here, this kind of ties into what we're talking about, though, because we just had another interview last night with someone that owns and operates a local uh, aquarium business for tropical fish and stuff. Okay. And they were telling us how um, th the biggest market for that kind of stuff, even though they're crazy busy because of the area and because of their business is so good. But up north in okay. areas like Michigan, you're going to get a lot more people buying fish tanks because they're trying to put stuff in their house to do when they're stuck in the house all winter so as it relates to the trails i would think it's the same way like you know here you guys have to make sure the trails are in in riding shape and available for everyone you know all throughout the year yeah. whereas in michigan as you mentioned i'm assuming there are at least some months where the trails aren't really used at all snowmobiles uh, big big users up there and oh. cross-country skiing yeah snowmobilers oh. keep a lot of the do a lot of the maintenance uh you know year round but only really get a chance to have the trail to themselves during the winter but uh yeah. so the country um skiers get on the trails yeah and some some oh, trails you know I, i'm not a cross-country skier so i'm the show i've done show that, but, but you know they they, they, they burn the, they burn the grooves in and everything yeah so. 
That is really cool. So it does get even, used all year. That's yeah, cool. I didn't even think about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, hopefully when you got to go across the country or across Michigan, it was during a good time of year. July. And it was cold oh, for yeah. me some nights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because, oh Lordy. <laughs> Still nice and cool to go biking now, right? Yes. You know, I re- I did read something on the website before um, the interview that there was like a 200% increase in the trails at one point during COVID. Yeah. I believe it because we, we went out, we, we've been really good about social distancing, but we figured, Hey, that's going to be a safe place. And, and we were like, wow, a lot of people have discovered this trail because it was more people than we've ever seen on it. We've been going on it for years. Which made me very happy because I'm a health and wellness coach. So to see people out with their families, with the kids, you know, people walking in, I was very happy, but kind of mad a little bit too. Because <laughs> you didn't have lie. the trail to yourself. <laughs> because normally it's like, woo, there's nobody there. You know, I got my my headphones on and I'm, you know, dancing while I'm riding my bike. We got to find some remote and spots. There was so many people yeah. that, you know, you were jammed up and you couldn't stay six feet apart. So yeah. um, that's something that you guys have had to kind of um, figure out during these times. So what are you doing to maintain that? you know, social distancing on the trail? How are you kind of reinforcing it or educating people about it? A lot of messaging, right? We, we do a lot of blogs, uh, you know, a lot of videos on safe usage, you know, trails. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, well, and you throw into that, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of advancements in micro mobility devices, right? And power assisted bikes and electric uh-huh. bikes and, you know, and all kinds of, you know, electric uh, um, skateboards. I mean, there's all sorts of things being uh, thrown in the mix and, you know, particularly in the urban areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is, you know, a lot of effort uh, on trail safety because, uh, you know, some people like to go fast. Some people like to go slow and talk and not pay attention. Yeah. I mean, you have all the, yeah. you know, uh-huh, you have yeah. all, all in between. And so, yeah, a big part of it is just getting the message out about trail safety. It's, it's great to be out in the trail. It's fun to be out in the trail, but you still have to kind of have your, your, your wits yeah. about you. It's we, still a roadway. Yeah. And we say, I mean, as many times as we've done it, more times than I could possibly count, that mm-hmm. generally speaking, people are pretty good about it from what I've seen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think most people, and you just give them a little beep, beep as you're coming up or ring the bell yeah. or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you guys promote the use of the trails over vehicles, of course. Um, tell us a little more about that. Cause I think we did a little research and like, a quarter of all trips that you take or no, what is, what it, what is it? Uh, I think it was, yeah. A quarter of all the trips oh. that you take are less than a mile. I was reading that from oh, your or website. Less than a mile of, yeah. So there's a cell again. that so yeah. easily. So how do you, um, how do you use that information to help establish more trails? Well, you know, it's all, it's all about useful systems. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and it's all about, you, you know, if you can walk to school safely, you're likely to walk to school safely. If you yeah. have to walk across a six lane highway, you're likely, you know, not, not going to, yeah. or not let your child <laughs> do so either. Um, you know, if you're able to easily walk to the library, you're going to walk to the library. If you can you know, do those sorts of things and those stats help make that point because, you know, a lot of folks, you know, they say, you know, so the, the, the surprising thing is you would think that trail use would start to go down at, in the winter months, but we're still seeing that increase. Oh, great. Uh, staying with us. And so it, to me, it's all about, you know, that useful system, you know, in, in, in South Florida, in, in the Miami area, you know, it's all about, well, you know, in the in sun, sun rail for you all too. You've got to, you know, if you could 
walk to, you know, walk to your SunRail station, take the sun, you know, take the train and then be able to walk to your restaurant or to your workplace, then it's useful, right? But if you end up having to Uber in there anyways, and you go, oh, well, I'm just going to drive, you know, I can get there just yeah. as fast. But when you have, but when all those, you know, when you have those nodes, uh, you know, that first mile, last mile, um, you know, working in sync with one another where you have useful systems, that's when you're going to start to see that mode shift. And that's when you start to see that, that, that change in people's mentality that, oh, I, I don't have to just drive two miles to go to the grocery store. I can just walk there for that. Yeah. We love doing that. Yeah. And it is challenging in Florida because we're not like in an urban area, even though like Orlando is big, it's not like most major cities. Yeah. Right. So we have, we have so many things that are so far away that there is a lot of driving. Yeah. So I can imagine that's been a challenge too, just trying to figure out how to interconnect everything so that that could be a possibility. I don't know. I mean, I know it's been in place for a long time, but I've been really impressed how you guys did like the overpass in Sanford or the underpass in Lake Mary, uh, areas where, or even in Altamont there, right before yeah. I four areas where I, I don't know how, you, you know, you would really just be dumping the bikers into like a four lane nightmare if there wasn't some sort of a system in place. And I think that adds to the value because I remember taking my kids when they were little on the bike trail and we would, just go straight underneath the tunnel or whatever in yeah. areas normally where we'd have to turn back. So I feel like you guys are doing a good job of um, making it possible to get, not just, you know, getting people to try to do those short mm. trips, but you know, I used to do the 30 miles regularly because it was so easy to do. Just jump on the trail. You never really have to stop maybe for one or two little roads, but depending on where you're at on the trail, there's some stretches of trail that are kind of away from big, busy roads and, major intersections and where they do meet, they just go under or over. So, you know, I, I, for me, that's been great. Yeah, no, you're right. And so, you know, this whole coast to coast connector, I was telling you about 275 mm -hmm. miles from one coast to the other coast. And, you know, if you can imagine how many stop signs, driveways, intersections, oh, yes. you know, how many times you would stop on 275 miles. Yeah. So DOT is actually engaged in a study right now looking at the Western 90 miles where they're looking at every single driveway, every single intersection and trying to figure out how can we um, reduce conflict? How can we increase efficiencies? And so, and then those lessons learned will then be able to be applied throughout the coast to coast connector. So, you know, they're thinking about it in terms of how do we reduce those um, pinch points? How do we reduce those, um, you know, crossings? How do we increase safety? Yeah. And so, yeah. um, you'll see more and more of that where as you create systems, you have to start thinking about usable functional systems and, and you start then to create those, you know, um, at grade crossings and, or, or yeah. uh, grade separated crossings and that sort of thing. You know, it's, yeah. it, I could go nerdy on this for a long time. <clears throat> the firm <laughs> I work for, we do all kinds of engineering, but one of the engineering types we do is transportation and it reminds me probably of the way they're doing that analysis because it, when we're building roads for transportation, you know, we'll run simulations and models that show traffic patterns and traffic flow and stop and go. And can, you know, you have to do a certain radius on the turns of parking lots or intersections or whatever. And I would assume when they're doing those analysis of the bike trail and those pinch points or conflict points that you speak of, there's a lot of math that's involved in that, that those applications will do that will say, Okay, there's more likelihood of an issue here where someone's going to get hit oh, by a yeah. car or have to stop. And so it's a, it's really neat how that kind of stuff is done. And we don't think of that when, you know, when there's, oh, it's a bike trail. It's great. 
but yeah. to know that there are people that are thinking about those safety precautions so that you can take your kids, you can bike with being aware, but not as aware as if you were street biking. Right. So it's great that somebody is coming up with Yeah, that and I mean, us. I always felt safe. I, I don't know if it's largely because it's where the railroad tracks already were and, you know, they're not going to be two inches from the road. But even when my kids were just barely past mm -hmm. being a toddler on the trail, I always felt fine. Nothing was ever, you know, you're not ever in a place where they're this close to like a major yeah. interstate highway or something. So, yeah. so Ken, um, we have some friends up in North Carolina and they own a farm in a little town called Etowah. And they have, a tr they have a railroad that runs through there. And I think the last time we were up there, they said that there was talks of it becoming um, a bike trail. A trail. Oh, nice. Yeah. So do you have any information about that? <laughs> well, well <laughs> or, North Carolina is not one of my, one of my states, but yeah, we yeah. do have work in North Carolina and I'll oh, set great. you up with the person who um, can help you with North Carolina. Cool. Yeah. Because I was like, Oh yeah. But now that we have this little app, downloaded yeah i do i why didn't we ever even think about that i don't, I know. don't even know we always do the same little <laughs> segment but now we can find more sections of the trail to do yeah. well next time when you're driving in north carolina uh on your way and through south carolina hit the green uh, uh um the swamp rabbit trail swamp uh, i'm riding the swamp rabbit trail that's that's a great great trail all right that sounds fun it just yeah. sounds like a fun name first well, of all you know what we've we've <laughs> driven we're flying in a few months in uh may. may to uh, north carolina but we normally drive and we never thought about doing that stopping along the way no. that would be so cool because once you're in the car you're just thinking about getting there see that's the thing <laughs> you're like i just need to get to my destination yeah, break it up and enjoy the yeah. enjoy the trails along the way yes. yeah no doubt that's so what we're gonna do next and do time. do a couple podcasts on your way Oh, we should actually. Yeah, we, did, yeah. we did one in North Carolina at the at uh, the brewery. At the brewery, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or while we're driving, be safe though. Yeah, it had to be you doing it. <laughs> Ken, thank you so much for spending time with us here tonight. Tell us about the trail. Before we let you go, we want to ask you how people can find out more and how people can help with your initiatives. Yeah, so I would say just go over to railsthetrails.org. You know, take a take take the website for a cruise. Check out what we do. Uh, learn about our work, go over to trailing.com, find out where the local trail is and, you know, get out there and start using trails and tell everybody how much you enjoyed yourself when you were out there. Yeah. Very nice. Are there ways people can donate or contribute time or anything like that to assist? Oh. Yes. And again, the, the website will cover oh, all of that. And, okay. uh, oh, cool. yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Like little cleanup days or something, you know, that have probably been organized you know how they do like road cleanup days i'm sure. sure you guys are doing things like that like to help keep the trails all clean and clear and, yep. and tidy i've never seen trash on the trail knock on wood i have not neither so it's working whatever it is <laughs> it's paradise <laughs> all right ken well thank you so much for spending time with us and it was nice to learn more about the trails it makes me want to get back out on the trail yeah i i mean it's really cool to learn that there it really is so much more that goes into it yeah. i mean i think sometimes we take it for granted because we have so many of them around here. Right. But just to know that the work that you guys put in to make it a safe place for us to do something active. And um, we, ver we very much appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. It's been, uh, it's been good talking with you all. All right, Ken, thank you so much for spending some time again tonight with us, telling us all yes. about the trails. And we will look for you on the trail. Sounds great. Look forward to it. Oh, that's a great ending. All right. Have a good night. <laughs> All right, guys. For those of you listening, hang tight. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
hands all the time. You cannot tell a story if you're not using your hands. That is not true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, welcome back. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Ken Bryan from Rails to Trails Conservancy. I had to look at that word to make sure I'm saying it right. That was very educational, as always. That really was. And like I said earlier, before we were on the air, it's interesting to know all the work that goes into the bike trail. It really is. Just like, are like, oh yeah, there's the bike trail. But there's all that planning and um, observation and study of how oh, to make it, it safe, how to make it, you know, enjoyable for everybody. Yeah. You know, so. I love everything about it. Cool. I love that they do that. I love the science behind the, uh, you know, not, I don't want to go all the way down and learn how to do it, but I love the science behind all yeah. that stuff, you know, counting and looking at traffic patterns. Yeah. I also love that they leave little pieces of the old stuff in there. I sometimes it really makes it feel cool. like a museum Very or something. Nostalgic yeah. Kind of. yeah. Keeping the history there, which I love. I'd also like to, what might be kind of fun for us is when we do go on a trail, maybe we can learn about that railroad before we go, like what it, where it went. Did it, Haul cargo from what city to what port, or that would what actually it? be what very station cool. To what station, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that'd Just be very to, cool. Because sometimes there's some cool stories, like you know. Yeah, I agree. Lone Star Gang. Oh, like we learned this rail, or you yeah, know, well, like we I'm learned up with stuff on that the uh, <laughs> the river that we did when we were out at the uh, Oklawaha Canoe Outpost and campyard or whatever it's called whatever the, yeah um, Oahu river how we learned how it got tredged yeah we learned how it yeah. got tredged we learned how it was supposed to partially be man-made yeah partially mm -hmm. man-made the new sort of uh travel means for all products and and people at the time yeah. and it was going to be like uh yeah. the yeah. super highway so to speak super interesting it is but guys we hope you you introduced that show we hope that we you, hope you introduced that show <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the show angie needs Food and rest. That's what it is. It's late. It's late. <laughs> it's really not that late, but it just feels like it is to me. Anyway, guys, we thank you so much for tuning in once again. Thank you for listening. And, you know, if you like the show, make sure you subscribe so that you get alerts so that you know when we have a new show coming, which is every Monday. And um, we try to have a guest for you every week, but you know, just tune in to listen to our beautiful voices. If you know, I know I always say this. True. I know I always <laughs> say this, but we, uh, we do, depending on when this one airs, we do have some really cool guests coming up. So I'm especially we do. We excited. We have some great businesses coming up, some great informative stuff coming up. That's we all do. I'm gonna say. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, you have a business you'd like to promote on the show an artist that you'd like us to know about, or maybe yeah. that's you. Uh, if you have a charity or a charitable organization that you'd yeah, like let's to promote. Say that because like a grassroots yeah. charity that maybe is not a nonprofit, right. um, like impacts that we helped out yep. recently. Um, yeah. Let us know. Cause we want to chat about it. And by let us know, we mean you can call us at 407-490-3899, or you can email us at feedback at fineanddangy.com. That's right. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And you can check us out on all social media under Finding Angie. That's it. Yeah. And that's it, guys. That's a wrap. And guys, remember, at the end of each and every day, it's, it's all fine and dandy.
milk. He needs some milk. Uh, let's give it a minute. It seems like it's slow at the beginning. Like, watch. Ah. Okay. Do this a lot, by the way. You noticed that you do this thing. That's how we should come back in talking. I don't know why. I don't know why. I guess because this hand is restricted. So I'm always, when I'm asking questions, it's like I'm directing traffic. We also noticed this trail over there. Uh, did you say rate, review, and subscribe? I did. You I said just... subscribe at first and went into detail about subscribing, listening, and then. See, you I know said what I wasn't doing? Listening. listening. You know what it is? I spaced out for a minute because I started thinking.